Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing healthcare facilities of the future. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareitoday.com. So a lot of facilities out there. Do you have a favorite facility you've ever been to? Uh, I have two that I visited in the U.S. that have always stuck with me. Um, the first one is the uh, UPMC Sports uh, Medicine Complex that houses the uh, also houses the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, <laughs> but it's okay. an outpatient it's an outpatient sports uh, medicine facility there, and you know it's sort of like every physiotherapy gizmo you could think of is there and you know the layout of the place is fantastic and of course there's hockey being played right there like the practice facility right is right mm -hmm. there so uh, that always has stuck out in my mind and a canadian choosing a hockey destination okay yeah makes sense yeah, I, yeah it's, it's in the blood it's in the blood the other one uh is is probably less known um it's fox chase cancer center hmm. um and it's a small um uh cancer center um, and I remember visiting it and I was just so impressed by, you know, it's an older building, um, and it, it almost seems like a bunch of houses, right. But the facility is so well kept, uh, it's green. It's, you know, it's, it's like being at a resort, um, even though you're there for, for cancer treatments and everything, the people there were just amazing. And I just remember walking through those halls, just going, wow, this is unlike any healthcare facility I've ever been in. Cause it, it felt like you're walking into someone's living room half the time, right? Like wow, interesting. So it, it was pretty amazing to be at that facility. What about you, John? What are, what are the ones that stick out in your mind? Yeah. So I think my top one is uh, in the beautiful Fargo, North Dakota of all places. Okay. <laughs> it's Sanford health. And uh, you know, they were so tied to this RTLS, you know, kind of conglomerate that for some reason, you know, was created in Fargo. There was a bunch of RTLS stuff. And so, Samford uh, created this clinic that was designed around Disney, actually. And Disney has a kind of front of house, back of house sure. uh, look and, you know, idea, right? Where it's like, nobody sees the back of the house, right? <laughs> and that's where the, the employees and the workers are, right? But the front of the house is pristine and beautiful. And so it was just really cool. They used all the technology to know when the the patient was in the room and when the nurse went in the room and they had all the data behind it, which, you know, as a data geek, I love, right? And, but so, you know, it was just this interesting, really beautiful flow that was uh, pretty cool, you know, and definitely took those Disney concepts in, in a new way. And it just was, you know, it, it forced you to think about things differently. And I, I really liked that. And then I have to throw in basically every children's hospital. <laughs> and I've been to a bunch of them, usually just visit visiting some patients or doing some service or things like that. But, you know, the, just the beauty of what they create, there's art everywhere. Uh, you know, a shout out to our friend, uh, the great Chalupa on Twitter, Erica, you know, she created August Artist doing some artwork from her experience in the hospital. And I don't know exactly the origin, but I know she would take and she would actually paint 
cool artistic things like often Disney characters or other things on the window in the hospital to make her experience and her kids experience better. And, and so she found the power of art, I think, from that experience and wanted to share that with others that are kind of dealing with, you know, challenges and help them find more happiness and more healing in their recovery. So I think that's what the children's hospitals have done in a really unique way. We even had someone speak at our expo.health event one time. He created a, a digital keyboard on the stairs. So as you walk the stairs, it would play and the, like stuff like that's just cool. <laughs> true. It's true. A lot of the, a lot of the children's hospitals around the country are just amazing. Denver children's chop. They're all fantastic. Uh, Boston children's all great, great organizations. So, yeah. so John, what will healthcare facilities physically be like? 10 years from now? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually sad to say I don't think it will be that different. I think we'll see some exam rooms that get modified, uh, maybe less exam rooms. I think that that's probably the furthest out I can go. But I think for the most part, they're going to be pretty similar. Uh, you know, I think they, you know, if I were to make another prediction, I think they're actually going to be wired with audio and video. So I think most exam rooms are going to have that type of built-in technology where the voice is controlling it with some displays. So that might be the biggest out there, maybe technology facility thing. But otherwise, I actually predict that it's going to be a lot of the same, slightly smaller uh, waiting rooms because uh, some of that will be done digitally and things like that. But for the most part, I'm not predicting a huge physical change when it comes to it. Uh, I think it's going to be more of the same. Yeah, I, I agree with a couple of caveats. I think obviously it's it's going to take us more than a decade to um, uncouple ourselves from the existing infrastructure, right? Like that's no fair. hospitals moving out of their old building, right? Or renovating every single one of their old buildings. That's just, that's not practical. Yeah, right? the so only I, time it happens is when someone wants their name on it and wants to spend a few billion to have their name right. on it. <laughs> yeah. So I think, but so I do think new hospitals and new facilities being built will be very physically different than the older ones. Like I, in, in, this, in the way that you're talking about, I think for one, there won't be any more waiting areas. There'll be lounge areas instead, right? Mm. Or, or you, hey, go wait in the cafeteria, right? Like, uh, or in the food court that they're going to put in there, right? With healthy foods. And it'll be those kinds of things. There'll be a lot more communal community spaces than I think in the past where everything was compartmentalized, right? Or you're walking in from one department to another. Um, mm. I think it'll be a lot more mixed use as well. Like it won't just be, you know, one doctor, one physician, or or one even one hospital. It'll be multiple healthcare outlets inside that you could go and see, mm. right? Like, I think so. I think that'll be a, a change. But I think physically, you're right. Um, other than smaller waiting areas or no waiting areas, maybe a better food court, more communal areas, more green. I really don't see a lot physically different. Um, yeah, one could argue the food courts could be gone because, you know, things like uh, DoorDash and <laughs> Uber Eats, uh, you know, you might you could do partnerships there and just deliver the food that they want uh, for those that are waiting. So I could, you know, uh, there's something about staff, I guess, that, you know, still probably has to play in there. But even staff might enjoy it. Right. So, you know, it, it would be interesting. Right. If they if you ran the numbers, do you really need a food court? Uh, not an expert on it, but there, there's an argument to be made that you know in a lot of locations where you have uber eats and doordash uh, you, you don't need, need nearly as much right um so we'll see how that plays out uh yeah i, I don't know i mean it, it, it's interesting to think about you know how many rooms are needed you know and you know 
do those rooms need to be more modular? COVID taught us that that was needed. Will people and organizations think that's needed long-term where, hey, this room needs to become essentially a, a, an ICU room because we're going to have a spike from another pandemic? I don't know. I, I, that one is an open question for me. Yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting where my mind went to was, you know, like we saw over the last decade, the rise of urgent care centers, where it was a mm. new mode, a new, a new facility type. And uh, surgery you, centers. Right, and <laughs> surgery centers. Uh, that's what I wonder is like, are we going to see the rise of something else, right? Like the, you know, we've seen labs, but like, you know, something like that, where just like all of a sudden at the corner store is going to pop up one of these things, right? And, and you know, uh, I don't think it'll be kiosks because we saw that come and go, but you know, there's been a lot of talk about changing community centers that already exist into health centers, right? Where you can get some some uh, some medical assistance or, or some medical advice. We would talk about like, turning our libraries into those kinds of things as well. So I wonder if, you know, we're going to see the rise of some new kind of facility that we're just not anticipating, right? Based on the needs of, of communities. Um, yeah, well, it's interesting you say that the uh, kiosk has come and gone. Well, it's back again. <laughs> I, I actually just got a, a pitch, uh, you know, this this last week or so. I, I think it's Unidoc Health. They have the H3 Cube. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting. It's built almost with military type power and precision, but it can be portable. It can be built in. It's a bit modular. So it's different than the ones that have failed in the past. And it will be interesting to see, will they, you know, have they finally cracked that nut of putting the telehealth in the fire station in a rural environment? where you need to you know have some health care but you don't have the setup so i don't know like you said it's it's come it's gone it's back again, it's back it again. Stay, right <laughs> uh you know th th but that is a different way of thinking about it right those modular kiosks put you know put it up in the fire station once a week and then it moves in towns each week uh, i don't know that for some of the uh health diversity, health disparity, right? Challenges that we're facing, that is a solution that could, you know, make sense. Reviable. Well, and so along those lines, John, what do, you, what do you think some of the services that patients will be getting at healthcare facilities 10 years from now? Is it going to be much different? Is it going to be the same? Yeah. So for me, this prediction depends on this whole shift to value-based care. And does that become real or is fees for service still around in 10 years? And so my <laughs> prediction is 10 years from now, we are going to be much more value-based care. So if that's the case, right, then my prediction around 10 years is what are the services we're going to provide? Well, I mean, we still have to, yeah. I mean, if you need a new knee, you need a new knee, right? <laughs> so they're still going to be doing that, but there's going to be a whole other section of the hospital around wellness if we want to do value-based mm. care the right way. And so, you know, I don't know, one could argue that could be pushed to ambulatory care or to your point, a new facility that's based on wellness that you're like, oh, I don't want to go to the hospital because that has all the sick patients, but I want to go to this new wellness center. Maybe it's a new building at the, the hospital. I don't know, but there you could see where it's focused on keeping you healthy right. as opposed to just treating your chief complaint or doing a surgery or whatever it might be. Right. I totally agree. I, I think the, the, you know, the healthcare facility of the future includes a yoga studio. Uh, it mm. includes, uh, you know, physiotherapy uh, place where you can go do some exercises together. Right. Uh, it might include a telehealth station, right. That where maybe the doc, you, you, 
you couldn't see, especially you can't see, he's going to mm-hmm. see you there and you go to your, to your regular doctor or the specialist or, or the yeah. specialist. Yeah. Like, I, you know, and, and I, you know, I wish I could say this is a new, it is a new revelation to me only because, you know, recently I had the chance to attend a direct primary care uh, conference, mm-hmm. the hint summit. And, and these were some of the things that people were talking about, like these, these physician owners of these practices were like, I want to open a gym next to and make it part of my, my practice. And because I am all about health and, and why not? Like you come in and do your wall, you know, climb the wall and then, uh-huh. you know, if you know, if you then see me afterwards, right. And, or, you know, and, and, or come in regularly for yoga classes at my, at, at my, uh, at my facility. So that to me, that's very interesting to think about, uh, in terms of the future of, of healthcare. I mean, it's funny you say that, uh, what was it? Four years ago, five years ago, when I was a patient at ZDog MD's uh, Turntable Health in Vegas, he literally had a bunch of that, <laughs> like right. where they were offering yoga and classes and diet classes, exercise, etc. So, you know, he was ahead of the curve, which is always a problem with entrepreneurs, right? <laughs> Timing matters as much as ideas often, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is interesting to think about what does it take to create a wellness situation as opposed to just treating chief complaints. The problem is that's such a mindset shift, right? So if I'm arguing the other side, which, uh, you know, I guess I'm going to argue against myself, is, is that we are kind of addicted to the fee-for-service model. And we're addicted to that mindset and changing that mindset and changing our addiction to feed for service, uh, budget pricing, et cetera, is going to be a challenge. So I think that's the thing that will fight against us in this regard. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. Today, we're looking into our crystal ball and talking about healthcare facilities of the future. So John, here's the, here, let's get to the one that I know people are like, you know, Colin, John, we're, you're a health IT. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we haven't talked to architecture for a while. <laughs> we haven't talked, yeah, we need to talk about some technology. So, so what technologies, John, do you think will be prevalent in the exam room in the future? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I talked a little bit about having them all wired and, you know, I'll take it a step further and, you know, we're already seeing this in a bunch of the most progressive organizations where either the bed or the video unit or some combination of the two is wired in, in a smart way. I mean, I I did an interview with Evideon doing their, their solution, which is fascinating. He highlighted something that I think is just worth repeating, which is why is the nurse answering, Hey, I need a, a drink or I need another blanket. Like that is the wrong person to be doing that, right? Like the housekeeping staff could do that just as easily or the food and beverage staff, they could do that just as easily and, you know, costs quite a bit less than a trained RN that's had how many years of school, right? So, you know, when you look at it, it's like, oh yeah, that type of stuff is such low hanging fruit, right? let alone 10 years from now, hopefully we're doing much more advanced things in technology with sensors that understand, you know, how is your health, whether the sensors in the bed, whether it's some LIDAR system, which by the way, all of these are available today. (laughs) You know, we haven't made the advancements necessarily that we are going to make, but those types of sensors and systems that understand 
are you moving too much? Are you moving too little? You know, are you about to get out of the bed and you're a fall risk and you're not supposed to be doing that without assistance, right? That then notifies. And, and at the core, the other piece that's interesting to me is the communication systems that are tied to those sensors or that are tied to those video, et cetera, et cetera, right? It's about communication to the people as opposed to replacing the person in many cases. Yeah, so... So I'm going to go a little bit left field in answering this question, like in terms of what technology is going to be in the exam room. I, I think, in, you know, in the future, the exam room is your house, mm. right? And so I, I foresee a lot of the things you're talking about, the LIDAR technology, the heart rate monitors, all these kind of things built into my home. Uh, or And now when I say built in, you know, if it's a new home, maybe it's built into the walls or something like that. Sure. But if it's retrofit, maybe there's like a box, like almost like a server, a medical server that I put into my house and it's got all the things inside it that I need to, you know, hook up to whatever wearable I'm wearing, right? Or Bluetooth to it. And I think, so I think there's going to be that kind of technology. I also think given the, how our logistics have really changed and the pandemic has helped with that, I could foresee a time where one of those kiosks that we're talking about, John, that I'm... You know, I've seen coming. Maybe they get shipped to your house. Mm. Like if you know you have a if you have an appointment coming up, or you're seeing the specialists or whatever. They'll ship one of these units, you know, and, and arrives at your doorstep, and you you they bring it in, or maybe you just do it at the front, and it's enclosed or whatever, and then you you're finished, and then the company comes and picks it up at night, right, and moves it on to the next patient and sterilizes it and stuff. Like I can totally see that because a real estate's not getting cheaper, yeah, and b we've found that. People like this works, especially with all the telehealth technologies and, and those kinds of things. So I certainly see the future being more of being at home. Mm. But I also think that when we do have an exam room, which I do agree, there's going to be still a need for it. There's definitely going to be voice. I definitely think in the future, there's no computer visible in like no keyboard visible in the exam room. It's all voice controlled. Everything's on a giant monitor that the doctor and the patient are looking at together no more doctor turning and look at a screen. Like, mm. I, I'm hopeful. I'm borrowing from you. Your optimism, John. Yeah. That's going to be. That's interesting. I think, I don't know. It's tough to replace the keyboard and mouse combination interface. It's so precise. Uh, but, you know, when I see my kids, I, I may agree with you. <laughs> the way that they use voice, uh, you know, my son uses it. Uh, and when he's playing games to type or, you know, he, he did it in a URL search bar. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's voice first in, in many ways. So th that's powerful. Yeah. And, and you're right about the home. Uh, you know, it's not even that far off. Uh, care on location our friend Sarah Gallo, right? She, they have that in a box that you literally could ship to someone's home and have a bunch of devices. You have a bunch, you have the telehealth, all that, like that's not far-fetched that's today. Um, so that, that's really interesting to think about. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, it, the challenge when you start going into the room, right, is how much technology do you really want there, <laughs> right? And and what what is the goal? What is the end goal, right? Uh, to your point, one of the end goals is we want to get them at home. We don't want them in the hospital where they're around a lot of other people where you know, infection spread. So hundred percent, we're going to see that movement to the home. But the, the question is what's going to be the experience in the room and how are those going to be connected to the EHR, to the data? And here's a, here's one I'll throw out. And man, I swear we did this maybe in one of our first 10 episodes, but imagine you have all those sensors at home and it predicts you're going to have a heart attack and that you need a stent 
and then you're going to automatically be scheduled for a visit and you're going to show up to the hospital and you're going to check in virtually because you already have your RFID in your phone that knows that you're here and that you're here for a stent and you're going to go into a room and you're not even going to see a person. You're just going to go into the room the and get set up. You know, maybe there's one person that gets you set up and kind of, but they're really just helping you, Hey, lay here and do that. And then you have a robot from a surgeon that's remotely controlling the robot to do your stent thing. And then you're going to get taken home in a, you know, self-driven car. So you're not even driving it yourself because of course you're not allowed to drive after surgery because of the medicine and like, I mean, everything that I described there is possible today, right? Like all of the technology is there to be able to do that. Now, is it safe? Is it efficacy? You know, like, you know, there, there's some issues there with self-driving, self-surgeries, self-scheduling, like, and then <laughs> sure. that scares us to talk about. But what's fascinating is the technology is there to do all of that today, but our culture is not ready for that. So 10 years from now, will it be? Maybe. So, so on that front, are we saying, John, that there are going to be fewer hospitals in the future or are there going to be more hospitals in the future? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'm hesitant to say this because if I'm an, a, a finance guy, which everyone knows I lead with the money, right? Like it drives so much of our decision making in healthcare and in life, right? And so when I look at it, this is, I'm scared to make this prediction because if I look at a hospital, I can tell you revenues based on bits, right? Like if you have more beds, you have more revenue and the, like they're associated, right? Like I haven't done this statistical analysis, but I'm pretty sure there's a direct correlation between those two, right? And so, you know, it's hard for me to say, but I actually think there will be less beds. And part of it is what you said, which is they're going to be in the home. So if we start fudging, okay, well, did the home beds count, right? Like, so beds in the hospital, I think will be less, uh, but are we're treating more patients. And with, if we count the home ones, it may be more in that regard, but hopefully we're at the point where, yeah, we're, you know, we learned this in COVID as well. Uh, you know, sometimes you don't need them in, in the hospital. You can just send them home. And I, you know, I, hopefully that's a trend as well. I, I agree um, partly. I, I agree that there's going to be fewer hospitals um, in the future, mm -hmm. um, just because I think a lot of what the hospitals provide can be provided in a cheaper, better, and different modality. Like there's no need to go to the hospital to go see a dietitian. Right. And so like, wh why have that office there? Right. Why have that, that capability there? So I think there's, there's that. Um, but I do think overall, there's actually gonna be more healthcare facilities. Mm. Uh, they're just smaller, right. And they're more in the community or they're mobile or, you know, they're going to be at Walmart right? <laughs> and Walgreens. And, and I think, so I think overall, and if you look at the numbers, I think there's going to be more healthcare places to, to get care. Uh, I just think they'll be smaller and much more specific. Um, yeah, which well, gets confusing for a patient, right? I mean, I remember when I was like, do I go to urgent care? Do I go convenient care? Do I go to my doctor? Do I go to the retail? Do I do, you know, like, to your point, you're probably right. We're going to have 10 more options. Uh, yeah, right. Just navigating is hard. <laughs> yeah. Or you're going to go on your phone for this one and not go to your phone for your other one. I mean, there, there's a lot of options here. And I think that to me is unfortunately going to be the near future where we're just going to be like, there's going to be too much. And then eventually I think they're going to, 
you know, consolidate, right? Like if people go, okay, you know what? I can go to the Walgreens for this. I can go to the Walmart for this, but I can't go to them for that. I got to go over here for that stuff. Like I go to the doctor that has the yoga studio, right? For all the other stuff, right? And I get my eyes checked here and not there. So I think that that will happen. I also think as we know, you know, there's just going to be hospitals that aren't really hospitals. I don't even know if we can call them that, right? Where there's no yeah. beds in it at all, right? Like it's a just an OR. Center. <laughs> there's like an OR and, and that's yeah. it, right? Like, and it's got a recovery center, right? And which isn't a bed, right? Like, yeah, uh, that's fair. Or they send but you home with remote monitoring stuff. If Walmart is getting into healthcare and the healthcare is moving towards wellness, do they need a yoga studio in Walmart? Like, uh, well, you know, <laughs> I guess they would. <laughs> hopefully not next to the chip aisle that's not a good combination <laughs> but, uh, although i gotta say i can't imagine can you imagine the marketing for that come to walmart do yoga i'm pretty sure do yoga do some shopping like, you know there's <laughs> there's babysitting at the at the yoga studio for the kids and <laughs> I wonder, and, and i wonder if, if physiotherapy is like you can go help stock some shelves <laughs> <laughs> right? like that's that's the physio <laughs> is the airbnb of sucking shelves by the yeah. way if you need to pay for this you can go stock some shelves for us. <laughs> it's a self-contained unit that's getting funny <laughs> no but you know i think that's that is where we're heading right smaller more purpose-built um, facilities where you can go and get your care like i said before at the beginning i think also there'll be some untraditional non-traditional places where you can go get care your community center your local library and in places like that, um, you know, I think those in your grocery store, right? Like, I think those are going to be possibilities of places where you can get care in the future. Yeah. Well, to your point, the gym is an interesting one. They continue to expand. So I wonder if they'll be centers of healthcare as well, uh, because what they do is so important. And we've seen these monolithic gyms that have, you know, yoga and exercise and pools and entertainment and food and dining and, you know, like, you could see a mad in healthcare. You know, that might be an interesting growth place too. So I think, uh, are we, are we saying John that maybe we should go and, and look for a couple of those uh, ninja warriors and like, you know, <laughs> open up one of these medical facilities next to one of their gyms. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Ninja warrior good for their health. That, that might be a different question for another day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, but I think I'm, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see what some of the, uh, the ideas that people come up with, uh, you know, and there's, as you said, I think as people move more or as we move more towards value-based care, the possibilities open up a little bit more because we know that that's much more community-based care. It's much more on the wellness side. So it's not as far-fetched as we make it seem to be where it's like, yeah, you know what? The yoga studio and all these things are part of, you know, and the gym are part of what you, you get when going to, to see your healthcare provider. Well, and, and that's what's going to happen is the investment by entrepreneurs into those areas is what's going to transform it. And so that's going to explode your locations because a lot of this does need to be in, in person, uh, or at least it's better in person. You know, yoga, we've proven you can do Peloton, right? But many of us do like doing yoga in a group, right? And the group setting and the social aspect. So, you know, there's going to be both options are going to be available. So we probably will see an explosion of locations, but maybe fewer hospitals and hospital beds i think that's a great place to end it john Sounds thanks good. to all of you who tuned into this episode of healthcare it today find out more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com and please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on twitter using the hashtag hitsm i'm colin hung along with my friend and health it collaborator john lynn 
Thanks for listening and have a great week.